Hey everybody, this is Sam, That Girl with the Curls, bringing you another amazing and awesome episode of That Girl with the Curls. Uh, They are awesome and amazing because I deem it so, and my opinion of myself matters the most. (laughs) Um, So just just so you know that this is the baseline from which we are uh, dealing with here, personality-wise. If you've made it this far, uh, this is episode 60, uh, you probably have an idea of what I might be like in real life. You know, I don't give away all the secrets, but... But uh, I'm pretty much a, a very uh, what-you-see-is-what-you-get kind of person, so, and what you hear is what I probably sound like. So there you go. I uh, hope that works out for you. Anyway, uh, as I said, this is episode 60, uh, entitled Tuskegee Airs, which is uh, basically the creators of the popular Kickstarter that was fully funded and supported, uh, Marcus Williams and Greg Burnham uh, decided to stop by or like they just came over to whim. Actually, I invited them to the podcast to talk about Tuskegee Airs, uh, which is now a fully funded comic book. Uh, there will also be, I think, a game and uh, the potential for a cartoon uh, or at least an animated short that's coming up. And what we really got into was uh, you know, talking about the Tuskegee Airs, the, uh, the the history that they embody and that their uh, the use of history is the teaching tool that it should be um, and how to get people excited about things like uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, which is uh, what the Tuskegee Airs is uh, you know, um, reminiscent of. And, uh, yeah, so we got into that. We talked about a lot of sci-fi, uh, specifically Star Wars, which, uh, we all three are a fan of. So that was fun. And, uh, just, just a lot of general geekery. So, uh, please, uh, listen and enjoy Marcus Williams and Greg Burnham, the Tuskegee heirs on That Girl with the Curls. Feels like a mount on the run, no looking back, looking forward, so far ahead. Good, how are you? You always think that and then something happens and it just trips well, yeah. you up. Yeah, technology is great until it doesn't work. Oh, exactly. No, right. When I was in college, I was writing my thesis and there was a day where my computer almost crashed. Right. And I was like, I didn't realize how much of my life was on my computer until that moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I need you. Uh, but thank you for uh, for doing the the later time. I was um, I was helping my dad. He he just had surgery, so. Oh man. Yeah, he had um, uh, stuff with his shoulders. He's been dealing with, so I wanted to stay as long as I possibly could before having to come out. And... Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Take time out uh, and having us on. Yeah, and and I I know it's later for you guys, so just. Uh, we, we can keep it to a tight hour or we can go over under whatever's comfortable for you guys. So, cool. um, do you guys need to get any, like some water or drink before we start? Uh, or are you good to go? Yeah. Oh, I might good. need some water. Okay. Uh, you got any water? <laughs> Stop whispering. You want me to go get it? Whisper. It's like dramatic whispering uh, on stage. <laughs> Greg. Do I? You're a horrible whisperer, That's man. Fine. Stop it. 
<laughs> My apologies there. We're going to murder him on stage right now. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. <laughs> I always love overly dramatic whispers. <laughs> so I was going to ask you guys... It's like, oh no! I was going to ask you guys, I'm going to be Atlanta in Atlanta in, um, in August. Um which I don't know if it's such a good month to be going out there, but, <laughs> like, but, uh, uh, any recommendations of places to see in, in Atlanta? Uh, it depends on what you're into. We have a, where do you live? That's, I know you're in California, right? No, I'm in Seattle. Seattle, okay. Yeah. Uh, we have, like, a really slightly above mediocre aquarium here. <laughs> um, there's... There's lots of stuff to see in Atlanta. You like baseball? Uh, I've been known to play it every once in a while. Okay, so you catch a Braves game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We've been here a long time. I think I've seen pretty yeah. much everything. So it's... <laughs> I was going to say, you, you really got to you gotta pick, your, pick your cocktail kind of thing where you're like, you know, if you want... Pretty much you can probably get into just about everything. Like if you wanted to learn... Like how to belly dance or how to do kung fu, you can probably find a place for everyone. Ooh, can you do both at the same time, belly dancing kung fu? If you could, I would right, try. Um, I would Buf- definitely um, go watch something like that. <laughs> <laughs> on, Bu- on Buford Highway at the right time of night. There you go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, right, do you have your water, Greg? Yes, I have. My fluids. Excellent. It's like no, no more dramatic whispering off camera. <laughs> but um, I've, I've been recording since the the call started, so uh, we are technically starting. Um, but I will formally welcome uh, you both, uh, Greg Burnham and Marcus Williams. Welcome to that girl with the curls. Thank you for coming on, by the way. Thank you for having Thank you for having us. Excellent. Um, and the the primary reason you're here is to talk about uh, Tuskegee Airs, which is your successfully funded uh, Kickstarter. Um, and now I, I haven't looked at the site for a little bit, but um, how far uh, how far in did you get in terms of like push goals? Uh, we were um, before like at the end of the campaign, we were about what was it eight hundred dollars from the last. Uh, goal that we had the last stretch goal which was the uh animated short Mm -hmm. so um yeah we were only like eight hundred dollars away so we're gonna still try to make that happen oh cool 74 74 thousand that's 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 amazing um and uh, and I, I think I jumped ahead there too. But um, for those who don't know what Tuskegee Airs is, um, uh, would do one do sorry, <laughs> would one of you wanna explain that? Uh, you know, Greg, Marcus, either one. Sure. Um, yeah, definitely. It is. Um, it is gonna be a sci-fi action adventure um, story that is set eighty years into the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, where it's obviously a nod to the Tuskegee Airmen, Mm -hmm. and we are going to um, try to imbue history into this this concept. Uh, In the future, all uh, man-piloting has been outlawed, 
Um, so we're going to have a, a band of five young kids that are being taught in secret by an actual descendant of the Tuskegee Airmen. Mm-hmm. So um, he's actually trying to, uh, I guess you could say, groom, groom them for uh, impending war mm-hmm. that he knows is coming. Um, and when it does finally come, the, the world is pretty much caught off guard, um, you know, and uh, the kids are actually going to be the last line of defense for the planet due to their skills in piloting. Mm-hmm. Um, they are going to be training in the traditional World War II P-51 Mustang planes that the Tuskegee Airmen flew initially. Um, once they engage this, uh, it's going to be an organic machine hybrid kind of army. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's robots. They're not aliens, but they're going to be highly advanced uh, machines that um, once the kids actually tr- you know, engage them first, they're going to probably get spanked pretty good. <laughs> um, so, you know, then they're going to get an upgrade in their planes. Uh, they're going to get some jets that actually transform into giant robots. And that's where the, you know, the playing field is going to kind of get uh, tipped into the kids' favor mm-hmm. um, due to their skills and piloting and their using of, uh, you know, uh, the history of what the Tuskegee Airmen did. They're going to, you know, we're going to use real history, real things like that. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a pretty awesome ride, something that we haven't seen in entertainment um, probably ever. So we're really excited about it. I was going to say that, like, there's so much to unpack in just everything you just said. It's amazing. No, 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 that's that's good stuff. Like, because, first of all, like, I'm a history major, so... Awesome. This stuff already appeals to me. Where it's just like, okay, World War Two, the yeah. you know the P fifty one, Tuskegee Airmen. It's just like, oh my god, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let, let's go back to the beginning there. So uh, in the beginning, there was light. Uh, what was the uh, the inception of this project between the two of you? Uh, I think it started uh, with Marcus uh, and. To make the long story short, you know, uh, we were doing a book signing and um, an older gentleman came up to us and he was like a former pilot and he was just talking about how, you know, the kids aren't interested in flying and how, you know, he wishes that somebody could do something about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, Marcus mentioned, you know, he, he started like just bringing up the whole you know, what if we did something with Tuskegee Airmen? And uh, it just kind of went from there. It started off with just a basic idea. And by the, you know, by the time we were done with our first, like, brainstorming session, there were robots and <laughs> future. And, uh, I'm a history major as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that it was like, it was just everything fit perfectly for us to be able to, you know, bring history into it, uh, like lesser known stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stuff that's not highly publicized. Um, so I think that's how it all began. And from there, we just started like cranking out like these, all these ideas. We beat each other up until we got to a point where we, you know, liked it enough to present it to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus put one illustration online and it was kind of a wrap from there. Like, yeah. People immediately understood it. Uh, like, Marcus, he's good at saying it, but it's like you looked at that one image and you saw the future and the past, and you knew exactly what was getting ready to happen. So it kind of went. 
no, wild from there. And it's this just this great combination too, because uh, yeah, the the illustrations of the uh, the pilots with the the very old school kind of uh, piloting outfits, and then. The uh, I love the individual character illustrations where they have those just giant weapons on them. <laughs> like, it that just feeds the um, the kid in me who used to watch those eighties and nineties anime. Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's just like oh my god, they have these huge weapons that no one should ever conceivably be able to hold up. Yes, that's on purpose. Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's all like whatever. Like the, it doesn't have to make as much sense. Like just. Hold it! It's awesome, like a uh, right. Colonel Mars's. Uh, yes. I don't even know what you would call that weapon, but I want it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny because there's been at least a dozen people who are like, "What is that? What do you call it? Mm-hmm. I want to cosplay it, but I need to know what it is." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you already have people cosplaying? Uh, well, we haven't seen official pictures, but we've had people uh, definitely um, say they want to. Mm-hmm. They want to cosplay, and we're like, yes, you have permission, please send pictures. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, we're going to put yeah, them on the wall. Uh, what what uh, Colonel Mars has is a tuning lance, is what I've called it. Ooh. And it's, it's probably too detailed to get into, but it's, uh, it's a combination of a tuning fork and a lance. So, oh my god, that was just so much detail, Marcus. Like, I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> a short version. Like, when we get into calibrations, then it becomes an issue. <laughs> um, so, uh, when you were starting the process of, of bringing these characters to, to life, essentially, like, uh, Marcus, you're you're the illustrator. Uh, what, uh, uh, with your style, like, uh, how did you find uh, what you wanted to to present in terms of these characters? Um, I knew, I knew initially I wanted to do a young cast of Tuskegee Airmen um, just to just to draw them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've I've definitely seen the movies, you know, when I was younger in high school, things like that. Um, the, the Tuskegee Airmen movies. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to incorporate that that retro, um, you know, pilot gear that they had I wanted to actually keep that and uh keep it simple mm-hmm. you know I just wanted to um show something that was um it, it looked cool back in the day you know yeah. when they wore it so I didn't want to lose that and then everything else it's like anime if you if, if anyone's a fan of anime mm-hmm. some of the the best costumes well one right now uh Attack on Titan which is a very gruesome mm-hmm. you know anime yes. uh, if you've ever seen it so um but, I mean, their uniforms are not the most detailed things. Their, their weapons or, you know, their gear that they use is complex, mm-hmm. but not their uniform. And I, I love that concept because it's like, you know, um, all of them wear the same uniform. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it, what really shines is the individual and how they actually use their gear. So um, I love that concept. So I was, I was very uh, inspired by that. And, you know. Um, trying to bring that same thing, and we you know we only have five uh, pilots, so the gear, the jets, you know, the weapons, all that can be very complex. I just wanted the characters to feel simple and have that retro feel. And there's also, I mean, especially with like pilots and their uniforms, especially if you go back to World War One, World War Two, when you know flying was was still, you know, well, I mean, it's still dangerous, but it was. Right. It was in that, like, oh, my plane could possibly blow up while I'm in it right now, um, kind of thing. But there's a romanticism to it as well that I think um, 
not just in the illustrations uh, that that you've shown, but you know, just in more of the character concepts is 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 very much there. Yeah, it it just kind of like invokes that like pilot and look at I mean just them looking off into the distance is I mean it's it's all that typical stuff where you're like yeah that works it totally works <laughs> yeah and no you make a good point there with the Attack on Titan as well I've I have seen the anime and yes, yes. been rightly disturbed by it and uh, <laughs> yeah, but never by the uniforms never by the uniforms right yeah the uniforms just fit they just work yeah exactly it's very sleek very slim. <laughs> And uh, so, Greg, with uh, are you and are you two like sharing writing, or is it is it basically divided with Greg you writing, Marcus you drawing at this point? It's um, I would definitely say it's collaboration. Like I'm, I'll be like doing the writing, but uh, because this is like both of our idea, and you know we've worked together for so long, we have like a you know like a symbiotic type of Thing. So everything, like it's, any idea can be thrown in. Like I can say, hey, Marcus, what do you think about this? And then, you know, we both want to be able to agree on whatever we're putting out. So mm-hmm. I'll be typing, and I'm doing all the typing, but uh, Marcus does have a lot of influence on the way the story goes and even dialogue. I'm trying to make sure people understand he's not just an illustrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of a brilliant, brilliant person, except for, you know, learning how to use Skype. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's, <laughs> he's on top of it. <laughs> it's going to be a thing in the comic at some point where someone's trying to use a communication device and it's not go. quite working. Right. There you go. <laughs> it's like, use the tuning lens. Get that. Again. Right. <laughs> It's like simple problems require very difficult uh, solutions. <laughs> um, so then, with uh, the, the the with the Kickstarter being fund you know fully funded, and you'll get to produce the comic and uh, up to you know almost the the animated short. Um, what are what are the stories that you are trying to to tell people? You know, in, in incorporating the Tuskegee Airmen, like what is the um, I guess the ultimate goal of combining that history meets sci-fi element. Well, I think a big part of it is we're um, we want we want our characters. They're going to look up to the Tuskegee Airmen the way that uh, you know Luke Skywalker looked up to Obi Wan. You know, like they're gonna mm-hmm. really be. Uh, you know, it's like they're gonna be like myth, like mythical heroes to our cast and I think that once we do that um, we start we're going to be like fusing you know we have one of our characters Omar he's like a big history buff so he's going to be like telling you what happened in this battle mm-hmm. you know with this certain pilot and uh, we're, we're just going to be able to bring it to life uh, for the kid what we want we want everybody to like go back and research we went to the um to the museum in Tuskegee, mm-hmm. uh, like right before, like a little bit before we did our Kickstarter, uh, just to kind of soak up the energy. And like right then, I decided like we're going to have like that's going to be their home base, you know? Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna have access to the museum. We're gonna you know have like can't tell everything, but they're going to be doing some specific things in the museum. That's kind of a side you know, like a subtle way of uh, exposing more of the history. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then, like, what I've been trying to get people to understand is that the legacy, like, they're heirs to the legacy mm-hmm. of the Tuskegee Airmen. So they're, you know, they're going to be doing something that nobody thinks they can do, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it seems like you have all the odds against you. Uh, the government doesn't want them doing it. The enemy doesn't want them doing it. So, you know, they're kind of following in those same footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're definitely going to have little uh, nuggets here and there that hopefully will drive somebody to go to Google. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, that's one of our big things. If you're not Googling when you're uh, consuming this information then we're not doing it correctly and i think that's i mean i i admire the the ambition of it as well like this uh i think i was reading in one of the descriptions for the kickstarter that you wanted to highlight missions that are lesser known about the tuskegee airmen um because really like you know unless people are really interested in world war ii and then also crossing that with you know uh race relations in in world war ii they're only going to know certain things about the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, is are there particular? Was there a particular mission that you saw, you know, that you read about, or that you kind of saw in the museum that you were just kind of like, oh my god, I, I want to, I want that one in the story somewhere. Well, I, 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 uh, go ahead, Marcus. I was just going to say it's um, there, what happened. Uh, I believe on both our parts is um, there. There was a a side to. Uh, that, that going to the museum opened up my eyes and I believe Greg's eyes the same way, which is, you know, um, as it's told in the history, you know, it, it, the, the pilots are very, the, they're in the spotlight of that, of that history. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that really resonated by going to the museum is that the pilots were supported by this whole cast of, of people, of, you know, cooks, you had nurses, you had you know, mechanics, you had uh, engineers, you had all of these, you know, this whole cast of people that were, you know, helping to make the pilots, you know, uh, shine, mm-hmm. so to speak, you know, and it, it really opened up the aspect of saying, whoa, we can actually build this, this whole, you know, this whole thing out to say, you know, it takes way more than just being a talented pilot or just, you know, they had all of this help. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as the missions go, the biggest thing that um, I want to say me and Greg have been talking about all throughout is um, it's not just American history mm-hmm. that we want to highlight. We want to bring the kids around the world. We want to actually highlight world history. We want to we, we want to open it up to say um, that everything that they they uh, they learn, everything that they encounter, is another exercise, another uh, opportunity. Mm-hmm. To have the whole family, like the the goal for me as a creator, and uh, that, that I've told Greg and a lot of people is, you know, we we don't want this to just be something kids watch. We want the whole family to watch it yeah. at the same time, you know. And and the parents are excited, just like you know, <laughs> the same. Because I'm, you know, if I was a parent, and you know, uh, well, I am a parent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, you know, if I wasn't creating this, and I knew this was coming down the pipeline. I would be highly excited as a parent with my kids to get in front of this and say, dude, let's, let's watch this. Mm-hmm. Oh, nope, you're sitting down. Turn that game <laughs> on. You know, and, and literally I would be just as excited. And we, we heard from a lot of parents out there that are like, we need this. We want this. This is amazing. Uh, we want to get in, 
mm-hmm. want to get in the classroom with these characters and these missions and these this information. Um, and it isn't just to kind of we're not trying to uh, blindside or you know um, I guess you can say create a, an argument with what's published. We just want to expose mm-hmm. information that hasn't been published in perhaps academic you know history books. Uh, definitely stuff that we we didn't see. No, and 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 that's a, that's a very good point as well uh, because. I mean, from the the perspective of someone who has studied history, and, and I'm actually uh, my profession is an archivist, so awesome. yeah, so you 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 always find that there are there are things that you discover that no one really highlights anymore, no one really puts into the proper context of history at times, and the fact that you want to go global with it, uh, it also makes that historian in me go like, oh my god, thank you, please. <laughs> it's 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 a difficult place in terms of like trying to discuss your love of history with people because most find it boring you know Uh, it's it's all it's all but you know especially when you talk about you know the things that uh you know the nasa greg says it uh there's you know all these beautiful historic you know monuments there's these unexplained you know uh pyramid mounds you know there's more uh, more pyramids. Uh, well, you said this. Go ahead, Greg. You do it better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, no, I was gonna. Say, uh, <laughs> like, what did I say? Spiel, but no, like uh, the things. Like I just always remember when I found out that uh, there's more pyramids in Sudan than there are in Egypt. Oh, cool. Uh, that wouldn't like blew my mind because I'm like, why is that not? Why don't I know this? Why doesn't everybody know this? And I'm a guy that, you know, I was a history major, and I studied more history than I was supposed to. <laughs> and it's like, you st- I still, you know, I didn't find that out until maybe like 2003 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have stuff like the Nazca lines that I think if, you know, if people really got a grasp of what those lines are, you, you're familiar with those, right? I'm yeah, the ones are. in uh, South America. Uh, yeah, if you like, like from the plane, you can't even understand like how they made those, right? And and you understand that the only like whoever created those, they like who were they creating it for? The the only thing they could be creating it for is for people that were in the air because it's they're too big for you to understand what it is from the ground level. Mm-hmm. So like there's like I want like we have a, a part where they're gonna be flying and they're just gonna randomly flying over them and they're gonna like lose their minds like what is this you know so there's all this stuff that isn't being taught that if it was it might cause people to question you know (laughs) you know every you know the status quo as a whole so well then it just um, proves that uh, that dude from what history channel who said that everything was like aliens then it just proves him right yeah 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 (laughs) yeah i watched i watched the the shows maybe too much and uh (laughs) But it's, it is, like, some of it does, it helps you, like, you open up your mind, you see that the world is way bigger than what we've been told it was, and that there was technology, and that's something that we're actually tooling around with, this trying to figure out where does our technology come from, because Marcus came up with this really cool, you know, theory uh, that's going to, you know, generate the weapons and power. <clears throat> empower our you know planes and everything mm-hmm. so you know we've actually talked about where did I've that literally been watching a lot of like 
I kid you not, like science fiction, like these relative, you know, drives, these, you know, warp drive engines. Mm -hmm. I'm not joking. I've been saving them and everything just so I can, like, splice in some actual science. No, that's that's awesome. We're going to get discussions. We already had a guy reach out and he was like, hey, man, you know, I'm a (laughs) scientist. If you need any questions answered, please let me know. So we're like, oh, sweet. (laughs) It's like, I am a literal rocket scientist, if you would. Yeah, yeah. No, we had the guy, what was the guy he works for? Um, what's the company? He was like a, an engineer, and he was like, he started asking, he was like quizzing us, and Marcus, you know, because he's done all this research uh, on this technology that does not exist today, but <laughs> the guy the guy actually said that, you know, this, you know, in 80 years, this will exist because they're working on it now. Oh, nice. And I was like, yeah, I knew we were making up something that's kind of legit. <laughs> well, and isn't that like the, the greatest thing about science fiction is that you can yes. speculate, but then there's always someone who might just be working on it. Oh, yeah. It's so oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like with Star Trek. Like, who'd have, who'd have thought that the, uh, the communicator would essentially be made, you know, 40 years later? <laughs> We still haven't gotten to phasers yet or transporters, but we're working on it. I mean, we're working on it. We're working on it. I have told friends that uh, you know, if if we ever got to the point that a transporter was made in my lifetime, I just I just don't want to be in those first couple of waves of people no. that try them. No, I was I was talking to Marcus today about first generation. Like <laughs> <laughs> you always let him go a couple of generations before you set up. <laughs> like based on every. Every Star Trek iteration I've seen, there's always a problem with the transporter. <laughs> like, and I don't want my personality transferred into someone or split up or whatever weird things happen every time I watch Star Trek. So, yeah, you usually just take a break, uh, let that let that go over for about ten years and mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> be like, no, no, you guys go ahead. That's fine. I'll I'll take the long way around. It's cool. <laughs> Get into a pod. Um, and, and, and just to, to, to your point, Greg, about, uh, what I, what I do love about this whole, like, going global thing as well is it is encouraging of curiosity, um, which is, I feel like something that in the last few years has been kind of, there's almost this movement to stamp that out in some, in some cases. It's just like, well, go to school and you get the degree and don't, don't worry about it. Just, you know, whatever. But the whole idea of being curious of, of expanding your mind in term, you know, in terms of opening it up to new ideas and everything I feel has been kind of been going downhill a little bit, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Like I, I feel like there's a, like the xenophobia is like at an all time high. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, just like you said, the curiosity as a whole. So, People aren't really looking any further than what their eyes can see. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I was like, we got to take this thing global so we can, you know, touch on. Because there's, there's going to be a lot of social issues uh, within the story. Um, kind of like our idea of where we think the world, the earth is going. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where it would be in 80 years. So there's going to be some social issues that are, you know, are basically, it's like the child step of what's happening today. Yeah. 
And and what I, what's really fantastic about this project too is just, I mean, it's the matter of representation as well. I mean, I, you know, I as as African American men, or do you guys prefer African American or black? I mean, I don't want to <laughs> get. I'm fine. Okay, sorry. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be weird, and then I just made it weird. It's so weird. No, I believe awkwardness is a choice. Excellent. <laughs> then I have been choosing it a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> but um, for for you guys uh, with uh, with representation and having children of your own, I mean, how? I mean, it, this is an important project, but how important is it to you, not only for your children, but for the outside community? I think um, representation, that's something that we pretty much uh, do, like, with everything that we work on. Um, it's huge. And, you know, we we grew up these humongous sci-fi fans, mm-hmm. but you had to kind of get in where you fit in. Like, there wasn't very many people for us to, you know, like, I mean, I always felt like I was Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. and then I met Marcus, and then Marcus kind of became Luke Skywalker, and I turned to Han Solo. But I mean, we weren't able to really see, you know, like accurately see ourselves. Like, you know, we could get into it, we could go on for days about how, you know, they kind of put the stereotypical character, they drop you in here, they drop you in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we, we just aren't happy, we're not satisfied with, you know, what entertainment as a whole what they're doing with you know people of color and it's not just black people Mm -hmm. it's indian people it's uh asian people latinos you know Mm -hmm. um so you know we feel like if it's gonna change we have to be the ones to change it and um not just us there's a ton of people that are doing it as well of course but um you know like for us to be happy about it we want to tell the stories the way that we want to tell them. So representation is huge. And like you said, we do have those, you know, those children, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Those those things or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Both of us have, you know, a son and a daughter apiece. Mm -hmm. And so it's big, like, all the way down to putting the young ladies in and making them pilots as well. Like, uh, it was just something that we felt it was natural, but something that we really wanted to do. And, and thank you for having three women as well. Like it's, it's always a speaking as, as a woman, uh, who had to watch a lot of cartoons in which there was one chick and that, that was it. <laughs> like, well, I guess I have to identify with her or her slutty counterpart. <laughs> it's like, Every, I swear to God, every cartoon in the 80s and 90s was like five-man band, the chick, the evil people, and hey, there's the girl in black who's kind of the sluttier version of the girl in pink. <laughs> like, it's like literally my life growing up. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so thank you for having three women at least. Nice. <laughs> um, and I mean, speaking of, of your characters, uh, I, I love those little breakdowns that you do. Um do you guys have a particular favorite uh, character? I know they're all your babies and everything, but uh, is there one that you're you're kind of like, oh man, I can't wait for people to see like how awesome you know Abel is or Omar or Ayana, anything like that? Mm, that one's tough. Yeah, it's like, like, like we say, we, it's it's hard. It's really hard for me because I don't 
I don't see them as an illustrator. Of course, I you, you know people see what I you know present to them, mm-hmm. and they think you know oh okay that's that's the image of the character, but that's like a static photo of what I see in my mind because I hear the characters, I see them move. I mean, Greg, uh, Greg is you know used to it at this point, but I'm like oh my god man, wait till we get to see her <laughs> kick this dude and then flip and then throw this thing. It's gonna be amazing, <laughs> you know, because I see them in motion in my mind. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's hard to really say. We've we've kind of done this, like just what you said, like uh, you know, with every all of the characters. Um, so for me, um, it's a, it's kind of a tie mm-hmm. uh, between. Um, I want to see how uh, able pilots, you know, how mm-hmm. he how he uh, thinks outside the box. Uh, he's gonna be like our Michael Jordan of the team, so to speak. He's gonna just be a naturally, you know, um, talented. Um, pilot that thinks outside of s- traditional piloting. Mm-hmm. He's going to do things with his, you know, plane and his mech that is just unconventional. So there's all these cool things I'm coming up with in my mind, and I try to explain it sometimes, and I frustrate myself because I'm like, um, you know, oh, his, his plane's gonna transform, he's gonna fly, he's gonna build up speed, <laughs> and he's gonna transform into the mech and do like this roundhouse kick, it's gonna be great. You know, but it's it it never comes out as cool as, as I see it in my mind. So um, you know, th- there's that, and then there's Ayana. I- I'm really really looking forward to people rallying behind how capable she is as a as a woman as a female. Mm-hmm. You know, she's gonna be the team leader, so there's gonna be a reason for that. Like we want to uh, really really uh, have like I guess you know let let's just you know skate in the future real quick you mm-hmm. know let's say the cartoons on netflix or wherever it is gotcha and yeah you're, you're seeing a fight scene with ayana and it's by herself or she's protecting someone and you know with or without or without her weapon she is going to be absolutely capable mm-hmm. of you know handling herself handling uh you know <laughs> you know fighting and all that stuff and it's gonna we want I, I can see people's jaws like oh my goodness <laughs> like jaws are dropping and like you know if we can get people to just, you know stand and clap, that would be great. Nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I already want to see it. <laughs> yeah. As for me, I, I I guess it just rotates. Like whenever I'm writing and stuff, and Marcus can attest to it, it's like you know, like because Slip, people don't really understand how awesome Slip is going to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, but he's not like going to necessarily be in the forefront of the whole story, but it's just, I just rotate whenever I'm writing, it's like whoever I'm writing on, that's who I like for that minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 Genesis is going to be, uh, she's going to be, like, everybody, I, I can't imagine, you're going to have to be an evil person if you don't like her character. <laughs> um, I just already like her because of the illustration, I love with the glasses right. and the, uh, the, um... Oh, what is it? The crossbow, the double crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. See, and, and that, yeah. like, I can't explain that crossbow. That crossbow actually combined in one. <laughs> and does. no one, it's like I would have to draw that, like, all the scenes and stuff. That's too much drawing. So, yeah, you're just going to have to wait until the comic or the cartoon to see that unfold. Marcus, but, I yeah. can't wait that long. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so get it animated now. Just do it. Right. Come on. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, uh, so you've mentioned, uh, Greg, a couple of times that uh, you guys are, are very, you know, you're big sci-fi fans. So 
we're we're kind of seeing like this big resurgence in sci-fi because of uh, uh, not only not only some superhero movies, but also because Star Wars just came out again. Um, yeah, like so. Uh, first, uh, second, you know, no. First, here's what's first. Uh, did you guys see the Captain America trailer? And if so, did you love it or did you love it? <laughs> Um, I love Deadpool so much. I was, uh, I was, uh, I got caught off guard because it just popped up, and I looked at it, and it's like, if you, you know, if anybody that knows me knows that I'm like Spider-Man, huge Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and also like Black Panther, nice. and so seeing them in there is like everything, uh, this is one, and as the writer guy, you know, I'm really big into you know, developing good storylines and dialogue and all that, but I've already said I'm waving all of that. I don't really care if there's any dialogue. They could just, like, all fight for two hours and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's literally made fun of me because I'm okay with, you know, 15-minute fight scenes or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, they just seem to be fighting for the sake of fighting now. Like, there's no narrative purpose to this anymore. Nobody has that much stamina. <laughs> it's it's kind of like you watch the previews for Batman v Superman Court Case of Justice, and you're just kind of like, are they just going to fight for two hours? Like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I literally said, they need to hurry up and get to that fight really quickly in the movie, or I'm going to be upset. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to wait an hour for that. Like you get progressively better with the passage of time. There you go. <laughs> like, oh, I've always wanted a Batman montage. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, so uh, apparently Captain America, very uh, uh, big fans of it. Then, uh, with uh, so I, I assume you both saw Star Wars. Then, yes, yes. a few times. A few times, yes. <laughs> So what do you, what were your overall opinions of uh, the latest J.J. Abrams joint? Oh, man, how much time do we have? Oh, we got plenty. Oh. Okay, so you want to go first, Marcus, or you want me to go first? I, I think I can paraphrase mine in a, in a quicker manner, which is I was... <laughs> I, look, I was happy to see that it, it was, it was uh, better, I suppose, than... The, the prequels mm-hmm. in the sense that you know they 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 played it safe mm-hmm. is what I'll say they did they pretty much ripped apart you know uh, ep- episode four yes and said how can we possibly just redo this introduce new characters and not make anyone mad <laughs> you know so they did their best I can literally say they 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 had so many head nods to that movie mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Um, I was um, pleasant. I was I was surprised to see that there was new stuff that they added to like the dark side powers. I was like the freaking freezing of the for the blaster. Right. Yeah, that was that was such good potential, and they only used it once. Um, the the for was it? I call it the choke slide. That was. Great. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, that. he could have done so many things with the choke slide. I would have had people sliding all over the place. Um, 
but yeah, it was um, it was cool. I'm I'm excited to see the next movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I didn't leave the theater mad or like you know, in comparison to like Fantastic Four. Oh my god, that one was that. You know, I didn't leave feeling like I did when I left that. So that's good. It's like angry at the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's you know, there's some movies you're like. There has to be a, a, a check and balance at some point. Someone has to raise their hand and say, I think this whole movie sucks. <laughs> that kind of thing. But no, no, for Star Wars, I, you know, there was some issue I had with Finn, but it's too early, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, to say, to be mad. Um, anything can happen in the second movie. No one knows what's going to happen with that character. And it can turn out either great or kind of disappointing. No, very true. I mean, they they did the they did the like you said they did the best with what they they had to basically like, draw people in and be like, hey, it's okay to like Star Wars again, guys, you know, and just give you everything you kind of needed from all the previous movies, and then add a couple of new things, and then go like, hey, now we're gonna really go off the rails in the second one, hopefully. Correct. <laughs> Greg. Just, just as a side note, mm-hmm. this movie and the ability that for them to make new movies has made it possible for them to make an actual life-size Millennium Falcon at Disney World. Oh. So they're making that right now. They're doing it. Really? I'm going to go and I'm going to be happy about that. So <laughs> I've never been to Disney World. That's just a side note. So I'm very happy about Star Wars. No, this is new uh, information. I did not know that they were building oh, yeah. a life-size oh. model. <laughs> yeah, they got like, they have like never, sketches. And I've never been inside of a Millennium Falcon it's always been one of my dreams. So. I think I think we're all in that same club, there, Greg. <laughs> but you know, I don't know if everybody wants to be inside one as much as I do. So, you know, that could be the difference. Just gonna be pushing people down the line, be like, "No, you don't understand." Back up! I don't want to have to use this. <laughs> it's like I got my own bowcaster. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Greg. So, what was what was your um, your opinion of Star Wars then? So, I I was happy because, like, honestly, just the score mm-hmm. it brought back my childhood. Like, it brought back happy times from my childhood. Because mm-hmm. um, you know those you know episodes one through three, those kind of ruined a lot of you know <laughs> the Lord. like. No, seriously, Star Wars was everything. It mm-hmm. was the greatest thing there was. It was pre-Lord of the Rings, and it was the greatest thing that there was. Mm-hmm. And then they came in, and they kind of tarnished it with those last three. So this one, even though it was pretty much the same story, they just inverted characters, uh, you know. But um, it, it was good. I, I would have liked for them to not have done another Death Star. I don't know yeah. how many times you do a Death Star. It's like, wait, guys, we got a better idea. We'll build it right. bigger. And, and, then, like, and then the family guy, it was like, hey, let's just make it to where it's not something where, you know, somebody can, you know, sneak a, uh, what are they called, a ship in and blow mm. stuff up. But anyways, uh, it was, I still, I enjoyed some of the uh, dynamics, a lot of I I was okay with Kylo Ren. He was a different kind of villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was emotional, but uh, <laughs> I still, you know, I after seeing it enough times because I went back one time just so I could specifically address certain people. You know, he got shot with Chewbacca's uh, 
you know, what is it, the bowcaster thing? Yeah, bowcaster. Yeah. yeah, that thing was like, you know, hitting people and they were flying back like 20 feet. You know, he took that and absorbed that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why he was, you know, like, Ray was able to, you know, actually overpower him. I'm not mad at any of that. I'm not <laughs> mad at Ray having this you know, magical, because, you know, she didn't train and hone her skills, mm-hmm. but remember they said that the Force is, there's always going to be balance, right? Yeah. So, since there weren't a whole bunch of Jedi walking around, the Force was like, ah, we're going to put all of us into her. <laughs> the Force She's is just screaming, like, ah. Yeah, the Force was like, nope, we need that balance, let's get her, she mm-hmm. looks good, and then boom. So, I wasn't mad at that. Uh, like Marcus said, I, I felt I had a different impression of what Finn was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, he kind of came off as, you know, the, you know, whiny, not really whiny, but just super duper emotional and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to run from everything. But then he has a sudden change of heart and decides to risk his life. Mm-hmm. But anyways, like Marcus said, <laughs> hopefully it gets better. They still have a lot that they can you know, get into. I thought, as much as it hurt, I thought that it was good when they uh, did kill Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought, because that, that, honestly, if that wouldn't have happened, the movie may not have had the uh, the life that it needed to have. Yeah. Um, so, I thought that twist, and you, you could see it coming. But oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> it was one of those things, like, you don't want it to happen, so... Uh, but yeah, I think that that was a good twist. A friend and I, still, I when we were uh, we were seeing it when we saw it in the theater, it's like you you know exactly what's going to happen the minute he gets out on that railless walkway. Right. <laughs> it's like right. why why are they building this thing without rails? Exactly. Um, and so like when he starts walking out there, my friend who who I was with, he was like, oh no, oh no, like he he saw it <laughs> starting, and even even when I saw it coming and everything, when he gets. Like that, the 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 lightsaber right through the heart. My my mouth, you know, my hands were on my mouth, going, "Oh no, no!" Yeah. And and the whole time I'm thinking, well, maybe he's gonna, you know, slide down, and then, you know, <laughs> things just progressively go, you know, from bad to worse, and mm-hmm. the whole thing ends up exploding. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> he's dead. dead. There's no coming back from that one, right. guys. This isn't one of those Gandalf moments where. Short change you on a death, and he comes back like I am Han Solo the White. You're like, right. uh. I got sucked into an exhaust shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know those things around here? They're lousy with them. Oh my god! That's how we beat them the last time, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like he might come back as a Force ghost for a brief period in the next movie, though. That'd be hard. That'd yeah. be pretty hard to do. I'd like to see that. I mean, it's, it's, listen, that kind of stuff, see, when you get into ghost seeing and how come Luke was the only one that was, like, talking to ghosts and <laughs> stuff like that, no one else was talking to ghosts except for maybe Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, a shared ghost experience where everyone was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> shared ghost experience. So, yeah, that was... If you're a ghost and I'm a ghost, then we're not seeing ghosts. we just seeing people in our dimension or whatever it's just my buddy over there the other ghost <laughs> well I, I, maybe force ghost is is too is too far in that direction i think 
he, he'll appear as a vision to Kylo Ren in the because you just know that him and Ray are going to have that contrasting training sequences or whatever. I need to see her flip and mind stab with lightsaber. I want to see like her grab like eight lightsabers with her mind and go crazy. I don't know why. I just think it's time. All the lightsabers. Yeah, I want to like build like eight of them and have them all on a belt, kind of like with you know General Grievous. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah, she just needs to go completely ape crazy and <laughs> people up, man. I want to see that. He's like, you don't understand, I'm going to fuck you up now. Right, she needs to be like the Neo Jedi for a second. Just let that be, I'll be happy with that. But I, I, think, I, think, that's where, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's where they're going, though, man. Like, you have to, because there's no other Jedi, so the, you know, the good side of the Force has to really magnify itself through her. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I also... Still, I went the other day. They still don't have, you know, the set that they have with the, you know, the larger, I don't want to call them dolls, but the larger action figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still don't have Ray in there. They have. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. They have a, some bum stormtrooper. <laughs> and they have the stormtrooper pilot. Then they have Kylo Ren. They have Poe, Dameron. They got Finn. And. I'm missing somebody. We've got Hobo Luke Skywalker. Like. <laughs> but you don't have Ray. I'm really upset with that. Man. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the whole, like, uh, I don't know how active you guys are on Twitter at all, but the whole, like, where's Ray bit that was going around. We're just like, she's she's basically the main character, guys. Like, she should be in the merchandise. There you go. It's like, there's a... there's a, they're scared. I don't know what... I, I tried to explain it to Greg. I said, it's just... It's just, she has a, you know, like, cloth armor, and I guess that would just, like, you know, she doesn't have, like, like armor or any heavy kind of gear, mm-hmm. so the toy would kind of be, you know, showing a lot of vulnerable parts, I guess. <laughs> no, man, you just weird. make it the way she has, that's... Marcus, that's I'm just saying, which version would you make the toy? Would you make the part where she's in the end? Just she make it. The best thing at the end. But I mean, throughout the movie, she's wearing like some cotton armor. Stuff. She's got pants and everything. Yeah, just, yeah, just make it the kind of stuff you can't take off. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, that's an idea. I'm just, <laughs> I, think, I mean, to me, I just feel like it's, you know, and I'm not, of course, that's a dumb thing I was going to say. I'm not even a woman. But, uh, <laughs> currently, no. I mean, there's still time. But, no. But, uh, but, I mean, just the thing to me is like just another slap in the face. Like, any reason, like, you're, whatever your reason is, you have to find a reason to not put her. Because she is, if she's not, I mean, I felt like she was the star mm-hmm. of the movie. Sure. Um, there was, you know, other people who had significant parts, but I felt like, the movie she was the Luke Skywalker of the movie yeah and so throw her in there I mean are you worried about your boy playing with a girl yeah probably action yeah. Here? that's probably that. they had these discussions I guarantee you mm-hmm. and it's, it's just one of those things to say well who's gonna buy it girls <laughs> they like, don't buy toys like that yes they do like, yeah, it's, it's like some CEOs talking about it I guarantee you which is weird because Disney's pretty good with, you know, female, uh, they had a whole line of female 
protagonists and main characters, so it just well, seems kind of weird. Well, they can justify maybe that with, like, well, they're princesses. Like, maybe they're waiting for her to be deemed a princess. <laughs> yes. And then she'll be, like, the new Disney princess. She's the princess kind of, of that so weird island you know, place. there could be some logic to it, man. Just give it to the second movie, and they'll be like, uh, Wow, man. You just don't understand Disney markets. <laughs> you don't get it. The princess is the only way you can market girls for anything. You're just that fry meme waiting for. Like, shut up and take my money. Shut up and take it. My son. My son works at Target. He works in the electronic section. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always asking him, I'm like, did they put that uh, ray up in that box today? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, Dad. He's like, Dad, God, leave me alone. <laughs> hey, guys, my dad has really been wanting this. Yeah. <laughs> your, your son just writes to the CEO of Target like, um, my dad just won't leave me alone about yeah, this thing. No. Yeah, there you go. Find like um was it not Barbie but like Skipper or something like that. Like or there was a brown haired one. I re- for some reason I remember I don't know. There you go. There there was one of them. Just make her ray and then put some gauze on her and call it good. Right. right. <laughs> and see and that, and this all leads into, of course, you know, everything that we're trying to do. It goes back to representation. Mm-hmm. It goes back to like tr- we're trying to recreate that that excitement in this young generation. Mm-hmm. Who I don't know. I don't think they've had a movie or a property that has made them go nuts for the concepts of what's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at Voltron, looking at Power Rangers. I was a Power Ranger kid. There we go. So uh, you know, as lame, I knew it was lame. And I loved it. I, I knew it was horribly lame. I knew that. Because, you know, just listening to their lines, I was like, oh, God, that's horrible. But let's get to the robots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I knew it was lame, but that's the kind of stuff to where that was a generational kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. fan thing. Yeah. Everyone at school loved it. You know, uh, when the movie came out, I was excited as a young adult mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to watch the freaking Power Rangers. I'm going to watch it. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you say. (laughs) You know. And I watched it. I was excited. It was horrible. But I watched it. You know, and that's... I don't think there's been anything like that. I mean, um, there's there's shows on TV right now that me and my kids can watch together. Mm -hmm. And it has really good writing for a number of them. Uh, Steven Universe. Oh, I love Steven Universe. It it took... It was a little slow Mm -hmm. going out the gate. Because I'm like, what is this kid? Is this like a girly boy? Is he whiny? He seemed a little bit too whiny for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I'm not watching this. And then I got to, the, I came in at the second season or something, and the writing just matured in such a way. I'm like, wow, that was a freaking great episode, no. you know. And it made me start watching it with my kids, and it's funny, mm-hmm. you know. There's character growth, and the way they, you know, kind of mature the characters throughout the storyline and keep you laughing and keep you engaged and keep it interesting. That's kind of the thing where my kids and I are like waiting for the next season. Season, like, did you see the next one? Did you see the new episode? What was it about? Let's go watch it again. You no, know, and, and Steven Universe, like, like that show, as well as um, you know, Gravity Falls ended. But I thought that 
it was on on par as well as like uh, Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. Like these are shows where you're like, I want more of this type of cartoon. I don't want this to be an exception to all like the. I, I don't know if you guys are fans of Ed, Ed and Eddie, but it's you know, oh, yeah. it, <laughs> it's a bit in contrast. Some good times. Some good times. No, go ahead. Like, oh yeah, I'm totally with you. Like the, like the Avatar. That I'm a full fledged adult whose son was watching it, and I still would come home Mm -hmm. and watch him on demand. Like when I get off of work, and I just come home with like I gotta catch him up. I gotta catch up. I watch all of them. It was just I'm. I don't know that. You know, we have ambitions and dreams. That's definitely one of our ambitions is to make something. Like that's on that kind of level where mm-hmm. it's you know everybody you know any age you know uh, can watch it, but it, it just means more. Like it you know it leaves like you know you uh, you go from hating Zuko to <laughs> liking Zuko, mm-hmm. like, all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, we want that's what we're looking, what we're aiming for. What and it seems like yeah, uh, like I said, I admire this the ambition of this project with Tuskegee Airs. It just it sounds like something that I definitely want to see on my television at some point in the future. <laughs> um, but we are at uh, about an hour, so uh, while we're winding down here, um, uh, it's it's been funded. But is there anything you kind of want to promote concerning Tuskegee Airs? Any kind of announcements you can make about it? Because it's a free and open forum for you guys. Yeah, um, I would say there's we're we're, we're not done. Um, I think the the main thing that is still surprising I shouldn't say surprising it still kind of opens my eyes to how limited you know social networking can be. Mm-hmm. Is there's uh, we still run into people that say, oh no, I, I I haven't heard of this or no, I don't I don't get on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and. What is this? What is this? You know, we really pushed on those sites and got a lot of people in front of it, mm-hmm. um, which is, I, you know, uh, very much the reason why um, we did reach our goal. It's because people shared it all over the internet. But um, we still need to broadcast. We still need to push it out to people because there are families of people that you know maybe don't get on the internet. They don't get on social networking. Uh, sites like Facebook and all that stuff, but they're very, very passionate mm-hmm. about this concept. So we need to reach um, as many ears as we can. So pushing it to your friends and family, uh, people that you know um, love genres like this. They love history. They love science fiction. They love, you know, uh, kids driving big robots. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, um, we, we still need to broadcast that we are trying to push this in front of kids and it's positive there's nothing negative uh there's an educational you know foundation to what we're doing it Mm -hmm. it isn't just you know pretty pretty images it's not just you know mindless entertainment it is actually history it's actually something that can hopefully change uh the way kids uh and families you know entertain uh you know sit down for entertainment in the future, near future, hopefully, mm-hmm. like in the next year, uh, we just need to talk to Oprah, and we need to talk to the Steve Harveys. We got to talk to all of the people that uh, you know. Anybody, I'm putting those names out there because people listen to those people. Mm-hmm. You know, millions of people every day. You know, Steve Harvey has a, a radio station, and people just think it's you know like a state. It's it's he has multiple states listening to him every morning. Millions of people. Yeah, uh, Oprah is the same way. 
just I'm just name dropping those because you know we'd like to talk to Oprah. Of course. But other than that, yeah, there's there's, there's so many people that still um, need to hear about what we're doing. So push, push, push. We're still pushing uh, to get people um, in front of this idea and concept, and hopefully we can rally enough um, enough support. George Lucas and his wife are very much in tune with this concept. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, his wife uh, Melody is uh, absolutely, you know, um, she she supports this. She did a TED talk, and she is um, she's talking about exactly what we're doing, which is representation, mm-hmm. so kids can see themselves in powerful roles and see themselves in beyond what they're in front of every day. Yeah, you know, uh, work environments they they don't see themselves in these big positions. So um, that's that's what I think. Greg? And I would just, I would just say, uh, Marcus, off of, he, like, touched on it, but um, one of the things that we never really, fit, you know, thought would happen is after the Kickstarter was over, uh, because of everybody sharing, we've been, we were receiving tons of people that were like, is it too late to do the Kickstarter? Uh, so it's too late to do the Kickstarter, but we did put a few pledge packages on our website, mm-hmm. which is uh, just simply TuskegeeAirs.com, and that's H-E-I-R-S. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put a few packages, like pledge packages on there, where you can still do the pre-ordering, um, and we did that specifically, you know, for the people that weren't able, you know, didn't know about the Kickstarter, or weren't able to pledge at that time, so... And I'll, um, I'll link that in with the uh, the podcast when it goes up, but it's going to go up next Friday, so... Awesome. And then, uh, other than that, like Marcus said, um, we have benefited so much from, you know, just kind people and people that care about this project, and uh, we just want to thank... I want to, like, make sure that everybody knows how much we thank them, we thank them, <laughs> like... It's crazy. I don't even know. Sometimes I lose the words. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just keep sharing and exposing it because we want it to be the kind of thing when that TV show finally comes out, we want, you know, you to be able to say, yeah, I remember when these guys were just some bums. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, just keep sharing and just keep pushing with us and trust and believe that we're working really hard uh, to get these books out and you know beyond cool um, and so uh, and also before we go uh, you, you you mentioned the website um, are, is there places people can find you guys online if they wanted to like tweet at you or Facebook or anything like that yeah the, the Facebook for Tuskegee Airs is uh, absolutely a great way to follow all the updates that we're going to be posting um so that's, you know, if you're on Facebook, go Tuskegee Airs. Uh, Facebook, I still like Facebook because it doesn't restrict me like Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I can actually post links, which I can't do on Instagram. So I still say Facebook wins in terms of us, <laughs> you know, updating and sharing content. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I do find ways to share it on Instagram and Twitter, but Facebook is just kind of unrestricted. So mm-hmm. find us on Facebook. Um, definitely. Um, I have a Facebook page uh, you can do marcus the visual okay yeah great and then you got to tuskegee airs facebook did you say that marcus i did say that just now yes <laughs> i'm sorry uh and then i'm just greg burnham on facebook uh greg b 
Burnham underscore seven on uh, Instagram. I'm, I stink at Twitter, so I can't really tell you. I can't remember it. But we do have Tuskegee Airs uh, mm-hmm. for Twitter as well. Okay. <laughs> but it's 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 a it's a great man that can admit when he's not good at something. Oh, yeah, I suck at it. So, <laughs> I don't even... I, I go on the page and I'm looking, like, okay, what's supposed to happen? Like, I, I, I need a tutorial. You're just sitting there with the mouse going, Computer! Tweet. Where's the pictures? Where's the? (laughs) This is unnecessary frustration, man. I can do all that stuff on Facebook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I I get you. I understand. (laughs) The more the more platforms they keep adding, the more I'm just looking at it, going, no, I can't handle this much. Like, just give me one thing to do all the things. Correct. And then Snapchat. I'm just like. Why? Yeah. Why? Why would I want to do that? <laughs> Who wants to be restricted on purpose? I don't understand the logic. So many people want to be restricted just, on purpose. I just don't get it. Plus the, it's the attention spans. Like, it's just yeah. getting shorter and shorter. So That's why uh, Vine became so popular for right. a while there, I think. <laughs> is Vine still a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I think it is, probably. Okay. Well, it's probably not a thing like it was. <laughs> yeah. All I remember is that there's a whole series of, like, Will Sasso with, like, lemons or something like that. I, know. I, d- I, I don't know. know. It's supposed to be funny, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, Marcus, Greg, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really glad we could do this and, and talk and everything. And you guys are awesome. <laughs> so. Thank you for having us on. You're awesome for having us um, on. Oh, thank you. That's all. I look forward to the next Star Wars. Yes, <laughs> next Star Wars, and then uh, Tuskegee Airs coming to our televisions, hopefully in the future. <laughs> yeah. And uh, on behalf of Maniacal Geek and that girl with the curls, uh, good night, everybody. Good night.